<laughs> got a better better handle on Premiere. Mm-hmm. So like I can do a little bit of editing. That's why I've been like doing this Instagram with audio posts. I've been really liking those. Yeah, but I, I, like I, I, think, I think it's... I think I need to be a bit more particular about what you put in those uh, in some of those. Oh yeah, I told you you to tell me, but no, you you, you did, and and me. I was and I was lax. Um, it's fine. Yeah. I don't know if I'd have chosen the. Uh, PP talk for the Scott Pilgrim <laughs> episode, but it's it it didn't it didn't bother me. It was just it felt like a weird choice, but yeah, I, it, it made sense for you. <laughs> I skipped through it because I was trying to find something that, uh, like it it yeah. probably should have been something more relevant. Like I was originally going to, I thought about pick pulling out the stuff about like. I think when we started talking about like Wallace, but uh, it just didn't make me laugh as hard as the Davis does. Welcome to another episode of the Otaku Connection and uh, Capcom. We got a bit of an issue here. Devil May Cry 5 has taken over like. My entire life playing the game non-stop. I finished finished Devil Hunter mode, aka normal mode, and I don't think there's ever been a game where I've like moved so seamlessly in from completing it to starting it over on the hard difficulty, but that's what happened and I'm almost done. I've got like three levels to go. I've had the game for like a week? Are you gonna have? I don't know. I don't know. The game is good. It is so good. And, uh, so is what we talked about today. But, um, you know, don't take my word for it. Please enjoy. Oh, look, it's on. And recording. Alright, we got two. Two for two. Okay. We've managed to lose Joe again. Though under um, less suspicious circumstances. Yeah. Or maybe I should say less infuriating. I want to say less inept circumstances. <laughs> he, he has a valid excuse this time. Yep. Working them fingers to the bone. Mm-hmm. The black bone. Indeed. Um... I don't know if this is what I would have picked uh, had it had I known it would be the two of us, but um, it's still a good fit. Oh man, this was fucking amazing! I loved this. Yeah, I didn't like it as much the second time, though. I'll get huh. into that a little later. It's it's for particular reasons. It's still, mm. it's not it's not a oh I didn't realize this was actually not as good or this performance kind of felt flat no 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 everything was good it was more change uh sort of a change in my perspective i'll get into it later (laughs) well what do you want to talk about now because now i'm curious um i kind of want to start just just with uh your experience with this and i guess a little bit on our experience with batman in general Mike, what was the first thing Batman that you can remember? Um, that's a good question. 
You know, I try and, I've been trying to ask myself this a lot lately, but not really that. Well, that too, but I'm trying to figure out if I dug my teeth into Batman first or Spider-Man first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to say that it was Batman, mm-hmm. but I, I really don't know because I, I was so young. I must have been so young when I got into all this. But I do remember there was one Christmas where I think Batman Returns had come out, mm-hmm. and just, I just got a shit ton of Batman Returns toys from mm-hmm. like everyone in the family. Nice. And I think it's because they all knew that I liked Batman. Mm. It was probably like. People knew Batman, like Batmania was a thing. Oh, yeah. Since, that happened uh, with since, the first one. Exactly. Yeah, so uh, this is probably like, you know, remember when Elmo was huge when we were young? Yeah. People were like, were like kind of get that shit like Turbo Man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that Tickle Me Elmo was the business, or when Pokemon took off. But, yeah, uh, I... I don't know what my first experience with Batman was, and I really wish I did, but I know it starts with, like, I don't know if it starts with, like, Michael Keaton or mm-hmm. or the cartoon, but uh, I think Michael Keaton. Uh, I, I feel like I might have been hyped to hear the, the music on the TV show. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, and it could have been Adam West for all I know. Uh, I don't know. It's weird because I remember getting all this Batman shit as a kid, but it was I can't it was tell because which... you had an interest. Yeah, because I did love Batman. Mm-hmm. Like I remember my mom got me these. Uh, uh, we were at the store and she got me this VHS, and it was the old 1940s like serial. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I still have that somewhere, but that's pretty good. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think Returns came out in, like, 92, right? Um, I think so, yeah, because cause the original was, like, 89, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, so, yeah, I think 92 sounds like the sweet spot. Yeah. Well, I can double-check that. I've been a, a lifelong Batman fan. Uh, I it's so yeah. It really is lifelong because I don't remember where it started. Yep, ninety two. Yeah. Um, I know I, that because I have lots of toys that have nineteen ninety two on the bottom mm-hmm. or stamped on the ass. Or the yeah under the foot. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a faint idea. I can recall. What I believe to be the earliest memory, the earliest thing I can recall was that we had the Batman, we had the film on tape in the house. And mm-hmm. I more remember watching it, not so much remember the film itself, because I was a little, I was tiny with like tiny child, uh, what was the term I'm looking for? Inability to focus, um, attention span. Mm-hmm. So what I remember more than anything on that tape is like the intro bit where it's like uh, the logo. Uh, well, well, part partially it was it was a uh, Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck like trying to like hawk merchandise oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like Batman. It's like, you got the official bloody bloody something or other. I think it was a ball cap or something. Yeah. I remember that shit. Yeah, I remember that more than anything, because that's at the beginning of the tape. And then maybe, like, the first couple bits with Batman. Um, I don't remember that anywhere near as well, because at some point I decided... I saw some clips from the first movie, and I was like... I feel like I've never seen that before. That looks amazing. But um, mm. not too long after, it was probably uh, 60s Batman and then the cartoon. Yeah. Like, I'm certain that's the order of it. Yeah, I feel like mine was probably similar. Like, I feel like some adult, you know, I have, like, town goals, someone probably shoved the VHS, or it was a, probably on HBO or something at some point. Yeah, or put it, and or then, had us in front of it when we were too little to remember. Yeah, or, you know, the Adam West show. Because mm. I remember watching that. And I remember being really young, and my dad, he had those, remember those watches that you would, like, click to wind up and shit? Mm-hmm. Uh, like he had the tourney thing on it, kind of like Bond and Goldeneye. Yeah. I think my dad gave me a watch like that, or he had a watch, but he would always like click it and pretend he was like calling Batman on mm -hmm. it. He would be like, "All right, we're gonna call Batman." <laughs> and as a little baby, you got all pumped. Yeah, I think my mom said that my dad had one of his friends like on the phone once pretend to be Batman. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> yeah. So I was obsessed and I've been obsessed pretty much my entire life. It's kind of I'm like just realizing that I don't have a memory. I don't have a memory, you know. You don't have that I've memory been, of discovery. I Well, I don't have... It's funny because I was really... I, I always say that it's weird to live in a world without Bowie because it's all I've ever known. Mm -hmm. But uh, I have never lived in a world where I did not like. I can't conceive a time when I didn't know who or what Batman was. Mm -hmm. He's just always been there, and that's the cool thing. Is unlike Bowie, he will always be there. I mean, Bowie will always be there too. But like Batman is fictional character. Uh, He's immortal. Eternity. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep, this is most definitely true. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's weird. When did, uh, do you happen to recall when this uh, comic book came out? I mean, clearly the 80s, just by looking at it. Hold up, uh, I got it. 86. I'll be damned. Yeah, I was going to say, because I was looking up trivia, and it actually takes place in 86, which is funny, it's the year I was born. My, yep, same. You too. Yes. Uh, um, what if the year we were born, this shit actually happened? <laughs> uh, yeah, and then our memories got wiped, and like the characters still existed in our subconscious, which is why there's so many people writing stories about them. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it's it's crazy to think about like the re like we were born during the kind of rebirth of Batman, like where mm -hmm. he was redefined completely as like such a dark character. Um, and that's kind of well, the Batman that we grew up with, or at least the Batman who's had an influence from that or mm -hmm. an influence from an influence from that. Yeah. He, I want to say he started out 
as a pretty dark character, and then softened yeah, up, did. due in no small part to the comics code. Yeah. So he used to just be a guy with a grappling hook and a gun, and he fucking yeah. murdered people. <laughs> yeah. And then there was Adam West, and then he was kind of like, his comics were real, real rompy. Yeah. For a while. And they got dark again. Mm-hmm. When, when did you read, you've read Dark Knight Returns, right? I actually hadn't. Uh, before watching this, I uh, mm. skimmed it. I read little bits here and there on my own, but um, like one of the big differences between this and the actual comic, where I actually prefer this film, is like the glut of goddamn narration in that book. Mm. There's a ton. You you're glad it's not in the book or in the movie? Um, I had a hard time with it in the few instances where I tried to read the book. Though that may have had something to do with me having watched the film or films first. Hmm. So it's kind of like, okay, yeah, I know all this. This feels like it. It, it had the unfortunate byproduct of kind of feeling like padding in a lot of places. Hmm. But yeah, I think that had more to do with my experience than any any fault that can be laid at the book's feet. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think when I read it. I don't. I really don't remember. Uh, I feel like I probably checked it out from a library or something. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe as like a teenager, or uh, or in my early twenties. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, I was definitely struck by it. It was it's one also one of those things where you're you're thrown so much shit uh, at you your whole life uh, mm-hmm. from that came from something else and then you go back to the origin and it feels kind of familiar or, or it's interesting to see the genesis of it all. Yeah. But uh but yeah, it's a great book. I enjoyed reading it. Mm-hmm. I I read the first two. I haven't read the most recent one. Oh, uh, it's like Dark Knight Rides Again or something. Strikes Again, and then the newest is Master Race. Oh, Oof. I still haven't read. Uh, what'd you think of Strikes Again? Because I heard that was like, for a lot of people, definitive proof uh, Frank Miller was off his rocker. <laughs> um, I think I liked it. Uh, yeah, I actually don't remember much of it. I kind of just remember, I remember Catwoman was there, and I remember Wonder Woman was there, Hmm. and it's funny, I I really don't remember much of it, and it was funny watching this, I, I was kind of struggling to, I was like, wait, did this happen, are they skidding into the second book? But they didn't, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I kind of don't have a memory of it, but I remember I liked it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was kind of more. But what were people's criticisms of it? Um, I don't know. Most of what I uh, heard was just kind of like offhand stuff. Like I didn't really look into it because. Uh, 
I'd heard from too many sources, like namely like podcasts I would listen to and uh, weird comments uh, associated with them or through other means. It was a lot of people just kind of offhandedly saying, "Oh, oh God, he's 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 completely insane. He is mm-hmm. just completely out of it." And I'm wondering if it was just like the elements that threw me watching this a second second time cranked up to thirteen. Mm-hmm. Which is that he yeah, seems I, to be very much wearing his uh, political feelings on his sleeve in the story. Yeah, I got that a little bit from the uh, from the movie, and mm-hmm. I actually really liked what was being said in the movie. Uh, but we can get to that later. Mm-hmm. But I feel like at a certain point, I don't remember it being with. Strikes again, but I remember it at some point in between that and Master Race, where he was writing, I don't know, Batman or something, where people were kind of like, this guy's kind of just a parody of himself at this point. Yeah, I was hearing that a lot too. Um, and I feel like they were referring mostly to like, I think he was writing like All Star Batman or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was around the time of. Like, I'm the goddamn Batman. I was just about to say that. Yeah, I think that was yeah. it. Yeah, uh, which is a little bit much. <laughs> it's funny, but I don't think that was the yeah, intention. It is, it is funny, and I kind of I like that it's a thing now. <laughs> People say that, but uh, yeah, it's weird. I don't really remember that second book. I should reread it. Mm. Um, whereas a lot stuck out for me rewatching this. A lot of it kind of came back. Mm-hmm. And I really liked the new stuff that they added. I so mean, tell me, what was new? Um, as I'm pretty sure, I think... Or what I you believe com- to be new. Uh, unless I completely forgot about it, mm-hmm. all the Harvey Dent shit is 100% new. Ah, uh, okay. That's I don't think that's in the book. It's like what the the few like uh, panels that I can recall from the book were primarily in part two. Of the uh, of the films or whatever you want to call them, they're they're, they're basically OVAs. <laughs> yeah, which is I, one of the reasons why I liked them. <laughs> yeah, I found out afterwards that they cut it into a single movie. I kind of want to see how they did that. Uh, uh, they probably just don't go to credits after uh, one of my favorite lines. Well, they kept saying re-edited, mm-hmm. so I'm. Maybe there's more through lines or something. Maybe I don't know, but I definitely want to check that out because I love this. You know, actually, I'm really excited to rewatch this with my dad because I don't know if he's seen it or not, but I feel like my dad would love this shit. Yeah, that'd be cool. Something cool to do. Yeah, some serious dad shit. This. Yeah, this is some this is some dad fiction for your ass right there. <laughs> Specifically, anyone like experiencing their uh, midlife crisis. Mm-hmm. Or in that range for it. Yeah, it's funny. He's like only 55 in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always thought he was way older in the story. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really have a. I think I may have thought he may have been like 60, but I didn't have a clear idea of how old he would be. Just that, yeah. like, um, I may have thought he was older till I saw. Uh, uh, Batman Beyond, and it was like, oh, okay, no, no, he's really old. 
Yeah. Like in it's... in my like tiny child brain, there was old where you started to get gray hair, and really old where you were like wrinkled. Yeah, it's funny. It I I love Batman Beyond. I love it but, so uh, much. These these two things kind of don't sit with each other as much as like in my head I was trying to like rectify like oh, okay maybe if this is like Batman mm-hmm. Beyond takes place way later it it's just like two different realities. It it is, and I guess it's one of like the biggest points of fascination for me. Like I somehow with Dark Knight Returns in the periphery for so many years got like. Up to like my early twenties before I realized that the story was a definitive end to Batman, and um, you know which uh, Batman Beyond is kind of another. It's kind of a continuation. It's a mm-hmm. passing of the torch, but there is like a part of me that wants to see like. So, some way the two, not necessarily those two separate worlds meet, but to see. Maybe a continuity where you uh, combine elements of the two. Yeah, I think there would be opportunity to do that in like mm-hmm. maybe films or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kept thinking, like live action, like this. The script is just so good. I love yeah, it's it. It's tight. It, yeah, it is very tight. They're both very tight, but they're also kind of very separate. So you would have to like finagle. I think the shit that. I don't know. It's it's hard to say because you can get away with a lot of shit. I say do like, two movies if you're going to do a live action version of this, just so you can devote the time to each. Yeah. Because if you're doing this as one movie, then it will be packed to the brim, like packed to the gills. I can see why they split this in half because there's yeah, so much going on. But they also on. added a bunch. Like honestly, you could have split it into four and made it like episodes, made it like a limited series. Mm-hmm. Since, like, each one of these uh, characters that Batman fights basically feels like an arc in itself. Yeah, they do. That's the one reason where I was like, as much as I would, like, like just take that script and make it live action and it would work. Mm-hmm. Like, as much as I think that would work, it's still... it would That would make an odd structure for a film because there's so many strange arcs. Mm-hmm. Um... Like kind of complete, um, and yeah, it's it's funny to think about something like this made live action, because uh, I don't know if you would have asked me like ten years ago, I don't know, I would probably like think no, it'll never happen, or or maybe, but mm-hmm. I feel like we'll probably get a live action version of this in some form or, or another. Um, at some point in our lifetimes, um, and I feel like a certain someone already tried. <laughs> well, yeah, like watching this, I could definitely see, because uh, 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 Dark Knight Rises is very much a combination of uh, mm-hmm. Dark Knight Returns and Nightfall. Uh, yeah, to, it's also to the a, a bit of a story called No Man's Land. Oh yeah. Like Right. No, that too. It's just because I think where it stood out for me is I was seeing that first fight between Batman and Bane when uh, mm-hmm. Batman was fighting the mutant leader. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's that. And then Zack Schneider obviously took a bunch of stuff from this. 
and put it into into Batman v Superman, which is funny because seeing this in motion and how that plays out um, within the context of this film really just highlights why it doesn't work in 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 that movie so much. It's just because it's I don't know for them to meet like that and then be buddies afterwards. It's just I I really love the line. I there's so many amazing lines. Like this mm-hmm. is so well written, uh, and a lot of it's due to Frank Miller's original work. Yeah. And and the adaptation, but I love the line from Oliver Queen when he says he says something like I, you know, even back then I I always knew it would come down to you too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love how he shows up and he's just like, I want a piece of him. I want yeah. a piece of the schoolboy. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't have to be a big piece. <laughs> yeah, I just want a piece. Well, yeah, you you know why that is. Yeah, took his goddamn arm off. Got the phantom pains there, Mister Atkin Downs. <laughs> <laughs> Played him like a damn fiddle. Um, yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of brutal. They took took his arm off, but at the same time, I guess it made sense considering the kind of orders Superman was like both be like given and acting under. Yeah, that was probably like, the nice version. Yeah, I feel like they they younged Superman up a little bit. Like I feel like I he was a little the, older in the comics. I think the yeah, well, yeah, in here, but I think the implication is that he's not aging. Like, yeah, at I, all. That much is obvious. Yeah, but uh, I feel like in the comics he he was a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean I think that works. It's it's interesting. It kind of makes sense with regard to some other stuff I've read about Superman. But I always yeah. kind of like the uh, I always like the Alex Ross Kingdom Come Superman with the the gray stripes in his hair. Yeah, the bits of gray. Yeah, it's a yeah. Yeah, I guess that's just a matter of, uh, like, creative preference. Um, I think uh, having him just, like, not age at all here kind of uh, highlights the inhuman aspect a bit more. Yeah. Um, And I really love how... I love the way it builds to him. Like, he's just not there until a bit into the second part. Mm -hmm. And we don't see his face. I love that... It's just immediately apparent, like, obviously you know who it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of works with what we were just talking about. Like, there's this buildup to, like, oh, shit, it's Superman. Like, what? Like this is what Bruce Wayne has become. Like, what is Clark what is... Kent and or Superman in this world? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see him, and he's just, like, exactly the same. Yeah, but for better and means... worse. Yeah. But he's he's also not really the same kind of. I, I don't know. It's interesting, or like kind of like he's the same, but the world has changed, and he didn't. And change he didn't with change it. with it. That's exactly it. Um, but he did change a little bit. Like the, I love when Bruce is is out with um, Carrie, who I fucking love in this. Mm-hmm. He's great, um, and you know Superman flies over and he just fucking lasers the ground. Where? Shit so ominous. Yeah. That's like some shit old Superman would never do. That's how you know Superman's mad as fuck. (laughs) Yeah. 
But uh, and I I think you know this about me that I really love superhero period pieces because mm-hmm. I, I I love historical fiction and superheroes being put in in there. Yeah. It's super fascinating to me. So I love that this is still takes place in 86 and you have Reagan there. Yeah. Like, that was great. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's, a, he's a, he factors into the comics quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure his role is that big. Um, maybe a little bit, but I remember seeing him more on TV giving speeches and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I might've just forgotten about it, but I feel like the entire, Russia kind of Bay of Pigs situation mm-hmm. was. I feel like that was made up for this, uh, but I'm not quite sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a uh, Reagan's uh, pretty unsettling in this for yeah. the few bits that he is. Uh, just because he never, for even like a second, drops that like kindly demeanor that makes him seem completely out of yeah. it. Even though yeah, he's anything that, but. That phrase you used a long time ago, uh, unsettlingly gentlemanly. Yeah, unset. Oh, I was referring to Shang Song and his unsettling gentlemanly <laughs> demeanor. Uh, uh, yeah. It's, it's less gentlemanly, gentlemanly, and more like Mr. Rogers when you thought he was like a war vet and had like an ear collection in his closet. Ear collection. Yeah, that was like a that was like a uh, like an urban legend, <laughs> and and that was the explanation people gave for why he always wore those sweaters as he was covering up a bunch of like gnarly ass tattoos. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah, but you know, it's like this guy who's like never anything but nice and friendly and doesn't have a bad thing to say ever, but you know. At some point in time, there's like dirt being done, yeah. Yeah. and it, it, it's it, the creepiness lies in the fact that like you're waiting for that mask to come off. Yeah, and the Did fact you... that it never does is kind of like even more frightening. Yeah, it's weird because that's not really how I remember the real Reagan. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I no. remember. He was a little more stern and shit, but uh, mm. maybe this was how Frank Miller. I mean, because it, it was written back then when he actually was president, so it's probably it's more of a parody of Reagan. Yeah, um, which is still very interesting. Mm-hmm. But, um, I guess uh, if we were to divide it into four major arcs, which arc would you say was your favorite? Well, let me try and see if I divide it the same way. <laughs> uh, I'd uh, say... the, the arcs are based on who Batman's uh, fighting. Yeah, so it's like the first is the Harvey Dent mm-hmm. shit in the beginning, and then the second part of that is the mutants. Uh, the mutants, and then yeah, and then it's the Joker and then Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, fuck, there's all of it is. Mm-hmm. Really good. Like I, I, I'm, like I said, I'm pretty sure the Harvey Dent stuff is new, and I really love what they did with that. Yeah, just, just the idea of that, you know, and it's been touched on before in like the animated series a little bit, where it's like the scar 
is really on the inside. Like Harvey's never going to like that got to me at the end of that when Harvey, you realize Harvey can't see himself as, as yeah. a man as Harvey Dent anymore. He just sees himself as a monster. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like at the end of that, um, it's like two face is gone, but Harvey is so trapped in in what Two Face did to him, yeah. that he he just will never be able to accept that Two Face is gone, and he he's just only able to accept that that is who he is now. Yeah, uh, that damaged person. So I re- I really like that. Yeah, I want to say there's like a number of stories where at least one story where like they do reconstructive surgery, mm-hmm. and his face like. Either his face is normal, but he still sees the scars there, mm-hmm. or if they're going more fantastical with it, his face changes on its yeah. own. Yeah. There's an episode of the animated series where they repair his face. Mm-hmm. Can't remember what happens exactly, though. Yeah, it might have been the situation where he did it to himself, or... Uh, I want to say there was a point in the comics where he was able to reform and became a vigilante, but I don't know how long that lasted. I kind of want to read that section. Just because yeah. uh, Two-Face was one of my favorites in in regards yeah, to I Batman's was... uh, rogues gallery. And... Yeah, that's a, the, the animated series stuff they did with him was fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did do that... Um, he, Batman was fighting this new like vigilante who had like this judge persona, mm-hmm. um, and at the end you find out uh, it's like a new personality of Harvey Dent, mm-hmm. like kind of in response to Two Face. Um, but yeah, I've always liked that relationship between Batman, Bruce, and Harvey Dent. Yeah, it it, it uh, conflicts things a great deal. And, you know, it's kind of interesting when they really play with it. Yeah. Like, it's almost uh, like a Spider-Man villain. Very much so. Especially, like, the idea that, uh, <laughs> you know, they're the same guy, but, like, that Harvey Dent feels literally two ways about this same person. Mm. Yeah. That they're still friends and that, like, Bruce is constantly, like, more than any other character, constantly making an effort to see him reformed. Primarily because it's personal. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was a treat for him to be one of the uh, focuses in this movie. Yeah. And that was, like, the first surprise for me. Because mm-hmm. I was, you know, coming off of this, I had... Did you see The Killing Joke? Uh, I've read it. I didn't see the animated uh, film of yeah. it. Um, I great. think I've seen the... I, I didn't get to watch... No, I think I may have watched and I just didn't remember because the memories of the book are more in my head because I remember seeing all the bits where stuff's different. Yeah. The stuff they added for the animated film, I should say. Yeah, that's kind of a, an example of where they did it and... Well, there was fan backlash, but mm-hmm. uh, when as I watched it, I didn't think it was. I didn't like it either, because <laughs> I thought it was just silly. I didn't think um, it was necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, all the all the Batgirl shit. Mm-hmm. It, 
and then they because once they jump into the actual killing joke material it's pretty it's pretty good but i think it's pretty good because killing joke is good yeah um and that i think i told you about this problem i had with the adaptation of year one whereas Mm -hmm. i i didn't really think it worked so well um because they stuck so close Mm -hmm. um so i was glad to see that you know, A, they didn't just directly adapt it, and B, what they added was actually great mm-hmm. for this one. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it's hard to pick a, a favorite arc, but I, the second one, you know, for us, like, because I was in by this point when he's fighting the mutineers, I was like, fuck, this is like badass. Like, yeah, this, this is, is crazy. This, this is, is the raw shit. Fuck, yeah. Like, <laughs> This is like, this is just peak fucking my childhood Batman, mm-hmm. kind of. Like, I, I don't know, like, he's different, he's more hardcore, but I I wasn't expecting it to hit me in the feel so much, mm-hmm. which it did quite a few times. Yeah. Um, and the first one happened after that first fight with the mutants, mm-hmm. when, uh, when Carrie Kelly is, you know... But I love that shot when she's like, he's rolling down the hill in the tank, and she's running down the hill like beating everyone's ass. Mm-hmm. Um, but when Batman is kind of like defeated and on the ground, and he's kind of just, and they had kind of already talked about Jason Todd's death, and I'm not sure if Tim Drake was around when this was written. I don't originally. I don't know. So, so it it seems like of a. The the through line in this is that he never had another Robin after Jason. Yeah, and that he retired not long after. Yeah. Um, so to, to me, that scene where he's just like completely beaten on the ground and he's kind of hazily like opening his eyes and he sees Robin coming mm-hmm. towards him, but she's so obscured, like. To me, when I saw that, I was like, that looks like Jason Todd walking towards him. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't do anything. He wasn't like Jason or, or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, it wasn't Which, like like switching between the two in his sight or anything like that. Yeah, or he didn't he didn't say anything. Yeah. Um, but for me as an audience member, I was like, oh, fuck, that looks like it's Robin walking towards him, and it looks like Jason Todd. Like, Ralph, it's very similar. Mm-hmm. I just... I got a little choked up watching that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really great. Uh, and their whole relationship was so cool. Mm-hmm. I, I really, really liked it. It was funny, and it was charming and sweet, I thought. Yeah, like, there's this, like, weird, I don't know, this, like, weird uh, ways he, like, puts up and tries to... seems like he's trying to maintain some sort of divide between the two, some sort of emotional detachment, but it's... It's clearly not working. Yeah. And, I, and I'm sure he knows. It, yeah. No I amount of calling her a soldier is going to make him care any less. Yeah. I didn't get that feeling so much. As much as like he was like... It was just a very your, weird dynamic. This is your job, and I have to like prepare you for it. Oh, yeah. It's just like, this is your job. Do this or you're fired. Mm-hmm. And call But he's obviously not going to fire her. Yeah, no. Yeah. 
yeah, but I, I do love that. And I remember, I think Kevin Smith points this out a lot. One of his favorite lines is like, soldier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when she's, when she almost gets shot and almost falls off to, when she almost falls off that, like the way she latches onto him, that's like, yeah, that's glitter. full, that's full on child terror. I know that yeah. because my niece has done that to me when she got, when she gets yeah. really scared. Yeah, and him even reaching for her, like you could tell he's he's scared. Like mm-hmm. when I was watching that, I was just like, "Oh fuck!" Like obviously I know she's gonna be fine, but it was like this is like he obviously doesn't want that to happen again. Yeah, no, no. It like even though you know the outcome, it, it still maintain maintains being some harrowing ass shit. Yeah, it was a great uh, <laughs> cliffhanger moment. Mm-hmm. Not a cliffhanger, but like cliffhanger the movie when the glove comes off yeah except she actually tries to climb up yeah it was a yeah it was a i really like that very short little small character moment but Mm -hmm. all the characters just feel so rich yeah like even the ones you don't really get to see that much like selena kyle when she shows up and Mm -hmm. you just see her on screen for like 30 seconds and you know exactly how her life is gone yeah. Um, yeah, it's gone to a rough place, though. Uh, I've heard suspicion that it's just due to <laughs> Miller's obsession with hookers or characters being hookers. I, I don't know. There's there's hookers in all his Miller. stories. Yeah. Um, I feel like I don't remember her being like the head of an escort service in the comics. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure, but I do know. It sounds like something he'd do. Yeah, I think she... I feel like they established... I think it might have been in, like, either... Maybe year one. You know what? Year one, I think, established her as, like, either working in a brothel or being raised in one or something like that. Mm. It might have been year one or it might have been, like, Long Halloween or something like that. Ah, Okay. Uh, I can't remember. I feel like it was year one. Yeah, I don't really know much about her history. I just kind of, I've I've worked for longer than I should have under the assumption that um, what happened in returns was an indicator. <laughs> you fell out of a a high rise. Well, just that she was normal at some was point. Was lived by cats. No, well, not that. <laughs> not that weird like cat resurrection. Mm. Um, it's just just that she was like normal at some point yeah. and then maybe kind of kind of snapped or yeah yeah that's never really been she's always been like a very smart confident capable character mm-hmm. um i think in year one sure her, her backstory is actually tied to one of the uh kind of big time crime bosses mm-hmm. i don't think it's maroney um it's the other one. She's like an illegitimate child of one of them or something like that. Ah, She's kind okay. of digging up her past mm-hmm. and kind of making trouble for them. But uh, I, that's been established. I don't know her like original, like back in the day, here's Catwoman. This is how she, who she is and how she came to be. To be. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is, but, uh, and I don't know what they're running with these days either. Yeah. It's like as much as it, it 
will often bug me anytime someone's like, oh, blah, 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 everybody knows this person's origin, it's fine. Um, I've gone so many years without knowing Catwoman's, and I guess I'm okay with it, so... Yeah. I guess it's not it's not too bad if you don't if you don't include that element, just so yeah. long as everything else around it is good. Yeah, it's weird that I don't know her. I mean, I know a little bit of what has been done with her backstory, but I don't know the original. Mm-hmm. But it would. I feel like the original was probably written in such a weird time. That yeah, it's like. Like, I had no problems when they, you know, in Spider-Man 3, when they changed Sandman's origin, I'm just like, well, that's fine, because he was just a B-list thug in the comics with, like, barely any origin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd rather not get, uh, <laughs> I'd rather not go into that movie. <laughs> Did you ever finish watching it? I've, uh, Yeah. I have. Um, yeah. It's yeah. funny that I got put on Netflix and I kind of watch it like for comfort sometimes uh, just because it's more rainy. I'll watch it. I'll watch like, I'll watch up until that first big ass fight. You know, the one that got me hyped for the movie way, way back in the day. Yeah. Harry. Yeah. I'll watch that because that was just like everything I wanted to see in a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff I like throughout the movie, but there's also stuff that I've come to like just because it's funny. <laughs> mm. But anyway. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sharing a little something with the audience. Mm -hmm. So you weren't able to come to a definitive uh, pick for which part was your favorite. Yeah, I mean, there was just tons of moments that I, I liked, and I, uh, I don't know, I really liked the Joker stuff. That was my favorite by far. Yeah, I feel like a lot of that was pretty close to stuff that I remember from reading the comics, mm -hmm. uh, and some of it felt a tad bit different. They like, reduced I don't remember the, the number of, of stabs. Uh -huh. I think I, I think I watched a couple of like like making of videos. Uh, I don't know if it was after I watched it or in hype for because I think there was a gap between I saw the first and the second parts. So I was watching a lot of making of stuff and uh, the Tunnel of Love I think was in the book, but they uh, mm. reduced the number of uh, times Batman gets stabbed by the Joker. I think just for a sense of realism. Mm, yeah. I don't remember the Joker killing so many people uh, at the end, mm. but I did love it. Like, oh, just the idea of, of like, Lord. he's back, and he's completely just unhinged, and he's even more willy-nilly with life-taking than he was before. Yeah. And it's clear that this has to be put well, to yeah. a stop. Yeah, they're, 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 like, setting it up definitively, like, yeah, this is this is why something drastic's gotta be done. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like, um, it's something I really like thinking about, just, like, kind of, like, what went on both in Batman's head, what happened, what actually happened at the climax of that fight, 
And there's something really appealing to me in the idea that Batman is just kind of over it. How do I put this? That um, I'm kind of of two minds about him and his uh, idea not to kill, whereas I think putting down someone like Joker is definitely necessary, but I don't begrudge Batman for not doing it, Yeah, if that makes you any know, sense. Yeah. You know, what's funny is that, <laughs> and this is only this only happens in comic book universes mm-hmm. where... For some reason, they just don't have the death penalty. Yeah, I feel like they would have brought that thing. If it didn't exist, they'd have made it up or brought it back for someone like the Joker. Yeah, or just a fucking beat cop would have killed his ass, you know? Yeah, there'd um, be a lot of people coming for his coming for his ass, considering like the sheer number of people he's killed. Yeah, he's got like a a, a list of people out for revenge a mile long. Yeah, but he is crafty. Yeah. Uh, so I'm curious. Do you do you read the scene differently as far as what happens? Um, I kind of interpret it a couple of different ways. Not all of them are ones I came up with on my own. Um, mm. I think uh, the first time I saw him saw that, I was kind of kind of both excited and perplexed. I was like, wait, did he actually try to kill him? And then the thought that it was actually I think the thought that he was actually just trying to cripple the Joker came a little later. Though I always did wonder why he never did that. Yeah. Um, there's a part of me that likes to think he went in with the intention of snapping the Joker's neck completely. Mm-hmm. And in some way hesitated. Which is yeah. what left the Joker in that state. Yeah. And um, I think I read somewhere i don't know where another interpretation which is also i also kind of like though it's not my favorite that in that moment batman did actually kill him completely and everything that happens following that is in his head as kind of like a coping mechanism because <laughs> i think in the comics uh those people in the background that run off they scream like murderer or something like that mm. yeah Again, something I got from like the making of thing, well, like a making of thing or a review or something. Mm. But uh, yeah, but that 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 last fight, that scene in particular, just really everything having to do with the Batman and the Joker in this is my absolute favorite. And I think the big appeal to this is its existence as a definitive end to the story. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of exciting getting to experience something like that, considering the way these comic books just kind of go on indefinitely. Yeah, I always like these these stories, um, and I uh, yeah, I just I, I love the the one last ride stories, like mm-hmm. Logan. This um, I wish Spider Man Rain was better. <laughs> Yeah, but it's. I was always interested oof. in it. They were trying too hard to be to be this to be this, and kind of went too edgy. Yeah, um, I guess my interpretation of the final confrontation mm-hmm. is that um, kind of what you said already. I I think 
he didn't want to kill the Joker is the bottom line, whether he intended to just cripple him on purpose or if he was going in for the kill and hesitated. Mm-hmm. I think that's up in the air. I kind of lean towards him going in for the crippling a little bit more. Yeah. Um, well, it makes more... It's hard to say. It lines up more with the uh, kind of calculating nature of Batman. Yeah. And it seems like it would make sense for him to come up with a solution. Come, like, come to that point and still come up with a solution that didn't violate his code. But, um, yeah. again, there's that idea that Batman is just kind of over it that appeals to yeah. me. That, that he's thinking... Not that he thought his ideals were bigger than anything, mm-hmm. just that there's there's a, a reading of this whole film to me that he's literally trying to prepare the world to exist without him. And yeah. why he's willing to go so far beyond himself and his own wants, such is the case with the Joker. Yeah, I think that, too, and I think there's evidence for that. See, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really somewhere, I think both are the case like i think i don't know if he went with the intention but he he may have wanted to and i think that's more in line with the batman that we see her here like Mm -hmm. this version of the character is like he may have lost a a little bit of control there um or maybe you know he planned to cripple him and got so close that it scared him yeah I like the idea of that on the um, meant to kill him and hesitated. That the the hesitation was like a literal, like a literal fear, like like moving through his body that kind of like maybe caused some of his like fast twitch muscle fibers to slow or something. I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, what was I going to say in, in regard to that? I forgot. Um. I don't want to jump to this yet. Uh, well, in, unless I remember it recently, I do want to mention that my favorite part of that whole encounter, <laughs> and I laugh my ass off every time I see it, just because of like, it really like, uh, it, it can be easy to forget how much Batman doesn't like the Joker and his insistence on sparing him and taking him to Arkham no matter what. Mm-hmm. So, when he gets up and hocks that fat ass loogie yeah. on him, <laughs> I'm like, too. yeah. It's like this fool doesn't give a fuck anymore. You fucking like, enjoy that, Bruce. You earned it. Yeah. <laughs> fuck that guy. I, yeah, I really enjoy his. Like he just does not give a fuck anymore. Um, but it's it's weird what that was born out of. Like him stepping away and things getting so bad too, and I really like how mm-hmm. that plays off of their relationship. Yeah. Whereas the Joker, where he goes just straight up, it, it almost answers that question of like, would yeah, these well, monsters too? exist if mm-hmm. Batman wasn't around? And Batman goes away, and the Joker just calms down and chills the fuck out. Oh, he doesn't calm down and chill out. He basically goes dormant, like he is yeah. gone. Yeah, he's yeah he's not there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so weird. I think I remembered the point I was gonna mention, which was like, 
I guess the reason why that idea of Batman just kind of like being over it or working towards something way bigger appeals to me because it, um, I felt like it, it, it makes, uh, Joker trying to like fuck with him that one last time a lot more, an oddly satisfying experience where he's going on about how I won, I made you lose control. Mm. And the thought that Batman is just like, ugh, okay. <laughs> just yeah. like, it doesn't matter, you short-sighted jackass. If you need this, take it and go straight yeah. to hell. It's like, it's fine. You can die now. Yeah. You have my permission to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So why did he light on fire at the end? I... I don't. It's probably ex, like literally explained in the um, in the comic. Um, I don't know exactly. I kind of assumed it was like some Joker just rigged himself to blow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. You know, kind of like uh, where he's got that little laughing bit on him at the end of the first movie. Yeah. And it's kind of, I think they took that from Dark Knight Returns the comic, because I remember that panel's burned in my head, where Mm -hmm. he's just sitting there with a broken neck and he can't move, but the laugh is all over the place. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, watching that whole arc, that one was probably, like, all the focus on the Joker. Mm -hmm. That was the, the most that my brain was going how fucking sick would this be if they got Nicholson back <laughs> with Michael Keaton? Oh, that would be nuts. I would that fucking would love that. Fucking nuts, yeah. I think like I, I, Yeah, I think this is my favorite this might be my favorite take on the Joker and to see Nicholson play it would be insane. Yeah, you know, Nicholson is I think he's retired. I think he's mm-hmm. done a couple things, but for the most part, he's retired. I feel like if if he were, I feel like he would take another shot at it, though. Oh, that would be so amazing. De- depending on it, his his health, mm-hmm. I feel like he would take another shot if if he like felt good, like he would do it probably. Yeah. Because I remember him talking. I feel like I remember him saying shit about Heath Ledger, like. Like not about the I don't know what he thought about the performance. I think he probably liked it, but I remember he made some kind of offhand comment of like, "Oh, like they didn't come back to me, huh?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that might have been interesting. A like significantly older Joker taking on a younger Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I always wonder that, because I feel like that gets, um, that's never, like, firmly established in interpretations. I feel mm-hmm. like they're, there's always a, sometimes they're close in age, and sometimes they're separated, because... Yeah, but I want to yeah. say when there's a separation, it's always Joker is the elder, which, yeah. which, yeah. which is why I couldn't, I actually couldn't handle, um what's his face as joker unless he was secretly jason todd jared uh, leto yeah because he looks like a he looks like a fucking he he looked like too modern 
an idea of a gangster now. Yeah. And that's a weird considering one, we're he's... getting like like Ben Affleck is very Dark Knight Returns inspired. Yeah. Um yeah, like the idea of a younger Joker getting over on Batman just seemed wrong. Yeah, they're all they're all they're actually um pretty close in age, I think. Mm. Like Jared Leto's been around for a while. He's one of those guys that kind of just doesn't age that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was more in the uh, design. Like, like this Joker yeah. looks like this Joker looks like a damn SoundCloud rapper. And yeah, <laughs> I wasn't necessarily opposed to that. Like very modern. He's a douchebag looking motherfucker. It, it was just kind of weird to me at first, and then I heard the Jason Todd theory, and I was like, oh my god, that is so perfect. Yeah, and it turned out to it turned out to not be. Yeah, I don't know. I'm glad that they're rethinking that entire mm-hmm. thing. I don't even want to call it a universe anymore. But yeah, I think they'd be better off restarting at this point because uh, they tried to rush it and blew it up. Yeah. Well, we're getting a new younger Batman, and we're getting a completely different Joker, so... Yeah, we'll see. I'm very um, interested. So, it was interesting, and I and I understand a bit more now why they went with, like... They didn't go back to the well for any of the characters here. Like, I was kind of surprised to hear they uh, cast Peter Weller as Batman. And, yeah. And uh, I didn't even know this guy, uh, Michael Emerson who uh, played the Joker here, uh, I feel like he fucking killed the shit out of it. Because yeah. I really like his... I really like like this particular voice and the kind of, like... I don't know, the sort of, like, ganging up of the character. <laughs> it was interesting. I, I saw somebody else online talking about how they thought he was, like, great. But I for me, he was just okay. Uh, I think I feel like they could have done better. I really loved uh, Peter Weller mm-hmm. in, in, as Batman. Like I thought he was perfect, and I think it to me it made a lot of sense because uh, Dark Knight Returns kind of to me goes hand in hand with RoboCop, which mm-hmm. Frank Miller wrote the original draft yeah. for. Mm-hmm. And there's a comic version that he did of his original script too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has a lot of the uh, there's kind of the same DNA as in RoboCop as as Dark Knight Returns. It's got a very similar edge to it and uh, very yeah. uh, similar settings. Yeah. So the newscasting too, with those little yeah, the or... sort of use of media for transition and uh, exposition. Yeah. Um, and I just like his voice. He's just got that fucking salty old, sour old man voice. Yeah, he's playing you, son. It's got it's got it's got more of a boom to it here, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, were you gonna say something? Oh no, I was uh still looking over stuff. I'm kind of I'm still just marveling at uh. Emerson's casting since uh I mean it's not like he's he's a no name it's just that he's a primarily a TV guy looking at his IMDb. Yeah, I recognized the name but I didn't really 
I felt like he was somebody I should recognize from a bunch of stuff, but I didn't recognize any of his credits. It seems but like I one of the uh, big ones was uh, probably Lost. He's popping up in here a lot. Yeah, I didn't. I bailed after like the third episode. Of that yeah, I didn't really watch for it. The first season. It it was really interesting, and then they took a weird supernatural turn, and I wasn't on board. Mm. Yeah. But, uh, I really enjoyed Gordon. Mm-hmm. Thought he was great, and Alfred too. Like, fucking, just, just fully irritated, Alfred. Yeah, and, <laughs> fucking with his foot and, steadily in Batman's ass at any given moment. Yeah, uh, Ariel Winter is Carrie Kelly too. Mm-hmm. The, the whole main cast was great. I really liked uh, the guy who played Clark's performance too. Yeah. But he's great. Um, but yeah, so after the Joker, it's basically Superman, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I really... I dug what they did. I thought that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the overarching thing, I, I thought this did a really great job of you know, like these four kind of sections that you can pinpoint kind of highlight all of the best or most interesting aspects of Batman. Yeah. Which are like his relationship to people like Harvey Dent, like his empathy towards... Yeah, his empathy and his humanity. Yeah, like he really does care about these criminals. Like he wants them to get help. Mm-hmm. And part of that might be because he himself knows what it's like to be. Oh, I feel like uh, this one, this uh, this this take on the story, really highlights the fact that like he he is effectively one of them. He's just yeah. not geared towards he's his obsession is towards prevent. It, it's directed against crime versus towards it. Like, it's literally the only difference. He's probably, like, on the level of, like, those crazies who are just repeatedly trying to recreate their trauma. Yeah. It's a... And it's such a great exploration of his... Of that character through his relationship with... With all... With his supporting cast, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, his relationship with Carrie Kelly, his relationship with Alfred, his relationship with Gordon. Mm Mm-hmm. And Superman are all kind of speak to, and the Joker, they all speak to different facets of his personality. Yep. Um, but, and they even, and one of the big ones too, which I really liked, uh, and I don't remember it being so heavy in the comics, but his relationship with the people of Gotham was mm-hmm. interesting. I mean, certainly, it's I'm sure it's there in the comics, I just don't remember, but... Just the idea of him being a symbol and representing something and him kind of fighting for the hearts and minds like of of the people. Yeah. Like, like they kind of do that in Dark Knight with him and the Joker, but I think they do it here with him and uh, and the mutants that kind of represent the people and the people as well. But Specifically the young people. Yeah. Because this is... Um... Like this is, is I feel like the the way in which uh, a lot of them just kind of latch on to Batman once this other big scary thing gets taken out, 
Yeah. It's very much that sort of, like, teenage shittiness of, like, you feel like you've seen everything, and you want to see something different or do something that feels like it matters. So when you have these, like, this this mutant gang showing up and basically taking over town, everyone jumps on it, not necessarily because these kids are, like, crazed, bloodthirsty animals, it's just, it's, it's the only thing exciting to them. It's the only thing that seems to matter. Yeah. Which is... They got is, nothing to do. <laughs> kinda. Well, they got nothing to do, and it sucks shit anyway. It's kind of funny. I feel like there's a lot of clockwork orange in the mutants. Yeah, a bit. Like in their uh, their crazy ass terminology, the uh, sort of like like very raw, very high kind of violence level. Yeah, ultra violence. Yeah, a little dash of the old ultra violence. <laughs> yeah, um, and I think what really sold to me though the fact that they were all relatively young is the way um undercover robin is able to get them all to show up at that one place yeah <laughs> like, i don't want to look i don't want to look lame in front of the girl uh, yeah of course we know about the pipe where's the pipe yeah <laughs> yeah um but i i kind of like it and i see a little bit of where probably nolan took sort of some of his message for Dark Knight Rises, which was the main thing I like about Rises is it Mm -hmm. does kind of hit the, it kind of hits that nail of uh, anyone can be Batman. And that kind of extends out to anyone can inspire other people to do good. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like, I don't know, I just really... For something so dark to end on such a positive, um, inspiring note, mm-hmm. I really liked. Yeah, yeah, it did get really bleak for a minute. But yeah, I do like the idea of him basically passing all of his stuff on to this this like unruly group of kids. Yeah. It's like, oh, instead of having one Robin, I'm going to have a whole army! Uh-huh. <laughs> army of Batman. Um, he's somebody that we kind of skipped over a little bit that I think is another important relationship to look at is the I don't remember her from the comic but the uh, the new commissioner that comes in something Yendel uh, if I had an issue with this story I guess the comic everything associated is that she looks way too similar to the new Robin and it was throwing me off <laughs> Hmm. It's like, is that her illegitimate mother? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know what the deal with that is. I, like I said, I don't remember her from the comic, but it's been a mm-hmm. while, so she might very well be in there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, it was fun to watch this, like having not read the comic in such, in, in such a long time, mm-hmm. because it felt fresh and new, and some of it was fresh and new. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when Gordon like is kissing his wife goodbye and he leaves, I was like, "Oh fuck, is he about to get night owled right now?" Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, his relationship with her was was interesting. I really enjoyed kind of the nuance of that. Of 
Yeah, that they're not at each other's throats because of this one primary difference. Yeah. Yeah. As I was like, when I first watched, when I watched this for the first time, I was kind of like clenching, waiting for that, waiting for their philosophical argument to kind of bog down everything else. And Who, I Batman pre- and her? No, no, uh, Gordon and her. Oh. And there, well, you know, there are differences on uh, willingness to work with the Batman. Yeah, um, yeah, I like that. But I like how she just came in. I, I love that story that Gordon tells her about mm-hmm. FDR. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a hard truth to swallow. I think he's. I personally think he's right in in some ways or that uh, about FDR I mean uh, what he's saying is is right and whether you think FDR was right to do that Mm -hmm. um, or not is up for debate but it you know the did it justify the ends I think probably Mm. but and he also does I think there's some case to be made for you know hindsight yeah changes and you know we weren't there and we were not in his position and Mm -hmm. it takes a a humongous figure to even make any kind of call in that situation yeah let alone one that let alone one that so many people will accept to very even even varying degrees yeah because like it seems like right now all you got to do is like i think the scariest thing isn't to necessarily like be seen as like on the wrong side of history so much as to have the wrong idea within the wrong angry mob. Yeah, pretty much. That's why I enjoyed this and that kind of like interesting, uh, nuance to talk about that kind of subject matter. I just thought, Mm -hmm. and I feel like this came out a little bit before, um, or, fucking zeitgeist of of anger and unwillingness to conversate with people um kind of took hold of everything mm-hmm. but i i just in, really enjoyed seeing people throw ideas like that out and having these conversations about you know is he you know should we be working with someone like this mm-hmm. um or you know even though we disagree with his methods, this is there merit to what he's doing. Yeah. Um, I, it was just very gray for me. And I, mm-hmm. and I love seeing gray discussion in our black and white world that we live in right now. Yeah. I feel like, especially in, in, in the media right now, because mm-hmm. there's stuff, you know, a lot of, it's times like these where people who are producing stories get scared and they don't want to challenge thought and they want to just put something out that feels good for everyone. Uh, either that or they'll take a safe stance. Yeah, exactly. Rather than... Well, or I can't, no stance. I, well, yeah. Well, how do I put this? Um, I guess I can get into it here. 
because um, like I was mentioning at the beginning of the show that I had a I didn't have as enjoyable a time watching this due to I guess seeing this with a different perspective. Um, my when I first watched this, I kind of processed uh, a lot of the political stuff going on in like the background and I guess later the forefront of the story as just part of its world. Uh-huh. Whereas, like, I guess now, um, I guess my uh, view of politics, political discourse, and the people associated with it has changed a great deal since I first watched this. Because, like, I couldn't, I couldn't really get away from like uh, not necessarily like the real life ramifications of like what's being talked about in here. Just that, like, anything that didn't make me uncomfortable before, like, when I watched this the first time, definitely did now, and I just, like, I couldn't escape, like, this thought, like, what, what is, like, I felt this need to know what Frank Miller's deal was. It's like, is, is, he, mm. is, he, uh, is he, like, a nutso Republican? <laughs> is he some kind of libertarian? Is he an anarchist? What is this guy's deal? And, because, yeah. like, a lot of... It's like looking at this, um, you know, with, with with the right eye squinted, you could see this feeling very much like propaganda. Yeah, propaganda for what? Like, like really, I guess like really heavy. I don't even know if I want to say heavy right wing stuff. Like the way in which it's uh, very much like pro vigilante is, in the context of the story, kind of good, but. You know, we we've had real life experience not not us personally real life experience, but like recent history with like vigilante action has not been good and is uh often been motivated by sinister stuff, whether the person intended it or not. I guess the biggest one being that whole Zimmerman shit a couple years back. Like like Is he sad- trying to be a vigilante though? I feel like he was yeah. being an asshole. It was like he was on some kind of neighborhood watch thing or something. Oh, interesting. And, I mean, even to a lesser extent, all of these uh, nonsense police calls over essentially nothing that are happening where it's like, oh, you're, you can't, you can't sell water on this sidewalk. You can't have a barbecue in this park. That sort of thing. So, like, I guess it was just a lot of real life kind of, like, forcing me to look maybe realistically at a lot of the political stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Like I said before, Frank Miller seems to seems to be wearing a lot of his uh, views extreme as some of them might be on his sleeve here. Yeah. I thought in the interest of in the, or in the context of, of this story, I think it's all the stuff he's talking about is super fascinating, but it's interesting. You bring up like, vigilantism with regard to like people calling the police like taking it upon themselves to call the police mm-hmm. like I don't know because I feel like you could look it's, at that in a couple different ways like that's I can well, see why you would say that but well, it's, it's also specifically, kind of policing well, too well kind of but but the issue is more so what was 
what was the motivating factor here in their minds or as or what their claim was is that this person is doing something wrong but more often than not there's there's another factor at work here which is oh there's there's a race issue or there's a class issue or there's a I'm a shitty angry person with nothing to do issue um it's it's basically it's speaking to the inherent flaw with like uh that sort of vigilantism is that you don't have to be right, just, and true to take an action like that. You just have to think you are. And that can be as yeah. disastrous as somebody doing some heinous shit. Yeah. But I, I just mean that it's interesting to think of that as like vigilantism when what they're doing is what they say you should do mm-hmm. when you see a problem. Obviously, the problem's wrong, but. That's the, well, there, the, there that's, is no problem, but that's it. what they're doing is calling like the system to come and take care of it. Yeah, it, it's um, it's the um, no, it, it's it's that element of human judgment and how disastrous it can lead to stuff because that's what happened with Zimmerman. He decided this kid didn't need to be here, and it ended with that kid yeah. dying. It's funny because I feel like the whole concept of the vigilante is is like it goes both ways for me like i feel mm-hmm. like it it's not really it's just weird cuz on, yeah. on the one hand you have like did you ever see jack reacher no i haven't seen it mm. <laughs> uh well i don't want to spoil it but just to, so it, on the one hand, there's like the cowboy vigilante mm-hmm. who's like, and it's weird because this this sort of thing like flops back and forth. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like there's the cowboy vigilante who goes on like a crusade for justice and like doesn't follow the law, um, and like, but then there's that can flip where you have like Captain America who's like a vigilante. He's like, he doesn't want the registration act. Mm-hmm. It's like, we all trust him. And he's like, so you can view it as like, it's this like hard as nails, like Western Republican cowboy thing. Mm-hmm. Or it's like, I'm rebelling against the system and the system is wrong. So I'm a vigilante because whatever, you know, which is very much like kind of, you see not all protests, but some protests mm-hmm. get caught up and they turn into riots and, and, you know, then people are throwing out MLK quotes, like, you know, saying right is language of the unheard and mm-hmm. which is true, but sometimes, um, depending on who's rioting. But, I don't know. Yeah, I think, um, I guess the, the elements that kind of make me uncomfortable, it's kind of like a, a definite lack of hesitation on, I guess, I guess the end of the, the pro-vigilante aspects that are kind of going on in here. Like, it's like, oh, I know I'm right, so let me go beat the fuck out of these cops or some shit like that. And I'm not, like, opposed to it. Like, I'm not thinking about this in Batman. I'm like, how do I put this? Um, 
it, it's sort of like like an issue you've been having with a lot of people where there's just kind of like a lack of nuance and things that and it it, it makes people very black and white and very crazy. It seems like a lot of people have an issue with doing something, but needing to be righteous in doing so. Yeah. Because it's like, I mean, if there's any sort of like, uh, if there was anything that kind of helped to mitigate some of the weirdness I was feeling watching this, it's uh, Batman stating the Clark, you know, we're criminals, we always have been. Yeah. There's at least some some idea of I can do the right thing. I can do the right thing. I can do the what is it? The wrong things for the right reasons, but it doesn't make it. It doesn't make what I did good, or it doesn't make yeah. what I did righteous or legal or illegal. Yeah, the the whole concept is it's fascinating because you have a mm-hmm. lot of potato potato calling on both sides of the fence mm-hmm. and that's it, i think we're kind of dancing around the like political issues where we i think we both kind of feel like both sides of the spectrum have gotten pretty extreme recently yes definitely. to the point where they're doing the same shit as each other but they're yelling but then uh, screaming yes. yeah yeah screaming hypocrite screaming this screaming that at each other mm-hmm. And it's yeah. just kind of like, and the the frustrating thing is, it's like, oh, you look, oh, maybe there's someone I can talk to in the center, and they're sitting there on their smug throne, like, well, you idiots, blah blah blah, argue with each other. The real evil corporate powers are at work controlling you, and it's yeah. like, oh, shut up, everyone, shut up, I'm yeah. done. Oh, <laughs> I hate yeah, I know. that's that's it's, just it's it. Funny. I hate everything political right now. I know. It's funny, I see the left seems to be more... Yeah, I guess the left and the right do it too, where they paint the center as... as yes. They, they take the center and they paint the center as like an extreme on the other side. It's like, that's like, somehow worse than any other one, because they're refusing to take a yeah. side. And I, I, yeah. It's uh, not even take, not taking a side, it's like wanting to deliberate and go and like investigate things further so we can mm-hmm. find the root of the problem. Yeah. Where it's, you know, on the right, they're just like, these, they're fucking two leftists. And on the left, they're like, there's that They're quote, just they're an little, undercover, yeah, they think they're just an undercover righty or some shit. Well, they, they think, they throw out that quote where it's like, um, no, what is it? They're always like, uh, if you, uh, if you're, you know, quiet during times of injustice, then you stand with the oppressors or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, my, um, how do I put this? You don't, cause there was a lot of like, you know, no, it's totally okay to draw lines in the sand now kind of mentality, especially yeah. when Trump got elected on the, my political end of things. And the conclusion mm-hmm. I kind of came to is like, not everyone's built for fighting and attacking, and I don't like this personally. So, yeah. what I'll what will I do? I'll support people. I'll help. You know, I don't know. Try and help people yeah. build things. I'll try and do positive. That that'll be what I do, in the sense of not just standing by doing nothing. Yeah. But well, I'm I'm not for just like fucking open war, the way a lot of people seem to be. Yeah. 
And it's it's funny when you have those extremes, then you, oddly enough, you know, when you want the conflict, you will find yourself in situations like FDR was, mm-hmm. where there's a lot going on and there's a there's so much going on that people will never comprehend or understand but let's paint it this way for everyone you know so it's simple for everyone else yeah well yeah if there was one thing that kind of stood out watching this it's like specifically in that scene where the combined efforts of batman and gordon disperse that riot Mm -hmm. um it's the uh world of difference between a um a focus, focused independent thought and mob mentality. Yeah. yeah. When he says the line, like, uh, anyone, you know, if you can help, like, help all of us, and it doesn't matter what side you fall on, but mm-hmm. uh, what else does he say? He's like, and if you're, and if you're not going to help, like, You'll just stay tied up. Yeah, you'll just stay tied up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then there's that one shitty ass dude that's just determined to be pissed off. Yeah, it's funny. Um, kind of like that shitty dude at the end of the Dark Knight, <laughs> <laughs> Mister Know It All. Um, but I, I think the the tides of discourse are are ch- changing. I see a little bit of momentum uh, mm-hmm. cuz people are sick of yelling at each other. You can't do that for this long. It's just it's insane. Yeah, no, people were scared, uneased. Um I think um the the conclusion I kind of like formed in the face of kind of like so I was just trying to relax and enjoy this and it's like uh stop making me think critically about things i'm tired yeah. but the uh conclusion i kind of came to in the face of this sort of scenario being crafted is that um as much as i'd like to live in a somewhat like artist-driven liberal utopia or some i don't know some pacifistic artist artistic liberal utopia or some kind of shit um there's a time and place where that sort of like hard nose hard nosed approach is necessary. Yeah, <laughs> I had a uh, when I was in junior college. <laughs> mm-hmm. I had a, uh, a California history teacher who I think he worked in he did something with like water law, but before that he was like a he tried to be a practicing lawyer and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was super – he was just a really sweet guy, a really nice teacher. Mm-hmm. And I had some pretty interesting conversations with him. Uh, um, but uh, I remember him saying – and this always stuck with me. Like when somebody saying to him in his law office, like with regards to the way he was practicing, it was just like – I think he said they were like, Jack, like you're, you're a nice guy. You're good at this, but you got to know when to call in the motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. It's. Yeah. 
We should watch it. We'll watch Demolition Man at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a yeah. Uh, speaking of this subject matter, that's a nice uh, exploration of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Batman's definitely a motherfucker. Oh yeah, God, he's such a motherfucker in he's this. A God, he's the goddamned motherfucker in this. Oh yeah, he's a goddamn motherfucker in this. <laughs> like if there ever was one, I'm. Yeah. Just tearing ass all through it. He's like... the distillation of piss and vinegar. <laughs> Filtered and poured into like hot ass fire and then like the the, the, the smoke is collected mm-hmm. and made into black coffee yeah <laughs> espresso shots what did you think of the way this thing looked um I liked it it felt like an interesting marriage of like a uh, like I, because I still feel like I don't know if I'm just thinking too much. Like my brain is too associates Batman so much with that uh Bruce Tim art style. Yeah, but it felt like a marrying of that and a more realistic approach. Mm-hmm. When was the last time you watched that uh episode of the animated series where they kind of cover this a little bit? Um, that, oh yeah, that one where they like do a couple of different stories, which includes like a censored version of the second mutant fight. Yeah. I remember that because that's like, I think that was the first time I actually like confronted something Dark Knight Returns directly. Mm. Because up until that point, it, it had always kind of like been in like a very vague periphery for me. I knew it was a thing. I knew Frank Miller was a guy, but I didn't really know anything about either. Yeah. And I think this is when it kind of started, when it put Frank Miller in my head. And then I was like, Oh, he was associated with RoboCop. Okay. And and then Sin City happened. And I was half tempted to uh, do an episode on Sin City just so I could talk about that. <laughs> That instance where we, like, rolled deep as fuck to go see it. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of the last time we had that many people. Yeah. Squad goals for real. Fucking everybody. (laughs) Yeah. That was the whole, like, Sacramento crew. (laughs) And known associates. Yeah. Which would be me. And, like, yeah, well, known associates being, like, you and friends of friends. People that didn't normally roll with us. Yeah. Was your sister there? I think so. Because I remember her boyfriend was there. Yeah. And it was like, I think he had like a family member with him or some shit. Mm. Um, but yeah, when it's, it's funny because when we, like I was loving the whole thing and then when we got to that point, I was just like, oh yeah, that's right. We fucking... They did a pretty, like, they were so spot on when they did that episode where it was just like, well, here it is again. Mm -hmm. It still looks great. But in my head, I was like, you know, if anybody else could have played this role, it would have been Michael Ironside. Michael Ironside. Yeah, that would have been, (laughs) that would have been the number two for sure. (laughs) Because, I mean, Peter Weller does kill it, but I'd have also enjoyed that. 
Yeah, I would have been interested to see uh, Kevin Conroy, too. It would have been interesting, but I can understand why they went different routes with the voice acting here. Yeah, I appreciate Peter mm-hmm. Weller a lot in this. Yeah. Uh, it almost makes me wish that they would do... Uh, like, and honestly, why not these days? Just do a fucking a second audio track. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like it would never happen, but... Yeah, if I ran companies like these, I would definitely do that. Because I, <laughs> I, I want to say there's enough, like, like turbo nerds like us that would enjoy that so much. Yeah. That it would be worth, like, especially on, like, a straight-to-DVD or straight-to-internet type thing. Yeah. <laughs> Audio track three is Don Knotts is the best. <laughs> God soldier! God soldier! <laughs> uh, with Pee Wee Herman as the Joker. <laughs> that guy. Man. That, uh, I'm glad I, I finally sat down with this fucking mm-hmm. thing. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, I had a couple of ideas for what I wanted to do here, but um, the fact that this was broken in the two fart parts kind of felt like splitting the difference. It was either going to be uh, episodes from a series or a movie, mm. and here I kind of got both. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, you got anything in regards to, uh, well, anything you want to say before we go into recommendations? You should, if you liked this movie, definitely show it to your dad. (laughs) Yeah, chances are if you have a dad, he'll probably enjoy this. Yeah, because goddamn, this is a fucking dad movie. (laughs) It's dad fiction for real. (laughs) That's a, is that a term? Yeah, it is. So, like, like the uh, most interesting sort of description of it is uh, sort of like regular male power fantasy thing is about mm-hmm. saving your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Dad fiction <laughs> is about saving your daughter. Yeah. <laughs> or your kids. Yeah. Mm, that's funny. I feel like you can broaden it out, though. Like, oh, no, you can't. That was just kind of like yeah. a rough cut of it. Yeah. It's more, it's just like old guy, you yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, like, it's kind of, it kind of, that description kind of speaks to the similarities. Like, yeah. there's, there's some sort of, like, generic dude appeal that's kind of, uh, kind of always going to be there. But it's, like, kind of interesting to see uh, the way it kind of changes with age. Yeah. Yeah, the big one being, you know, it, it's not about... Uh, falling in love and saving this girl it's it's about protecting your kids or your family yeah. or avenging your dog avenging yeah or avenging your dog <laughs> <laughs> or trying to like uh doing things in memorial to people you lost yeah this one's for you more <laughs> I had a thought about that, but I can't remember what exactly. 
I was just talking to some people about Morph, mm-hmm. about how he should just show up somewhere. They need to put him on the fucking. That would be tight. Uh, well, we were talking about he he'd be a good match for Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also kind of feel like I enjoy the way he plays off of the the more serious X Men. Mm-hmm. No, I love him in that cartoon. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember, I was having some thought about, like, just, like, the importance of having homies is, and yeah. it's like, that's what Morph was to Wolverine, that's why he's yeah. such a mess in that cartoon. Morph was the homie. <laughs> yeah, I, I never realized until now that Morph was the homie. Yeah. Definitely. Poor guy. Kind of has a Harry Osborn sort of thing mm-hmm. happened to him. Although I don't know if Harry was ever fun. <laughs> um, Harry was Ivy League fun. Yeah, kinda. I mean, it, it is kind of a weird thing. Like, it makes me want to track down those Spider-Man loves Harry Jane, Harry Jane, Mary Jane. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! I fucked that one up completely. Oh, that's a weird <laughs> rule forty-three. I'd like to see. Oh God, I don't. <laughs> that sounds. Mary little... Jane, but with that that weird, weighty, <laughs> separated hair. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Is but... it, I always wondered if those were like cornrows or something. That's the way. Um, after a while, that's how I started interpreting them. Though I think that I'm pretty sure that's not what they're supposed to be. <laughs> I remember seeing him it on the cartoon, and they did it on the cartoon, which is a bold choice. Uh, and my stepmom seeing that and being like, "Is that supposed to be curly, wavy red hair?" That's what it's supposed to be. Well, it's yeah, supposed to be like, but that it's supposed to be that kind of hair, but kind of like slicked down. So yeah, because I've seen people with hair like that before, though yeah. not necessarily red. I've seen black people with hair like that, <laughs> and it takes a lot of work. <laughs> You gotta, like, keep it under a do-rag for a long time. Yeah. Brush it a lot. But, uh, but I, you know, I, I have seen, like, because I think other artists were as confused as I was, because I've yes. seen paintings for sure where that hair is, <laughs> is, like, it's weird. It is. It is. <laughs> I love it, though. We do a whole yeah. podcast just about Norman Osborn and Harry Osborn's but hair. I think my uh, my point in all of that was that um, in that book, Harry is more of a primary character than even Peter. He's like part of Mary Jane's crew, so you get to see a lot more of him there. So. It's, yeah, it's it's weird. The weirdest thing, I think I only read one book, and the weirdest thing about it is how non- existent peter is yeah and but but he's always in the background because you know the the crew i think it's like mary jane harry liz and flash so either harry's taking some you know uh taking a moment to you know talk with peter about something or it's flash picking on him but he's always in the background is gwen there i don't know she may show up in the books later but i haven't I think I've only read what would have been the first book. Yeah. Is, it, is, 
Mary Jane Loves Spider-Man, is it called? Spider-Man. I think it's Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane. Okay. Because I've definitely seen the title and, like, the covers before, and mm-hmm. I was always, it always seemed interesting. But, uh, yeah, it's funny because that's kind of how they were for a long time. Mm-hmm. Especially Mary Jane. Like, Mary Jane was around. Like, like he, he met her, and, mm-hmm. but I think he was with Gwen at the time, and... She was just always, like, in the back, like, being hella cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, but, like, 60s cool, so she handled this yeah. weird, like, 60s slang. Mm-hmm. She was like, all right, daddy-o, I'll catch you on the flip side. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, I gotta go study or some shit, or I'm hanging out with Whatever you say, cool cat. <laughs> yeah. Mary Jane was, like, constantly putting out the feels. Mm-hmm. Like, or, like, the feelers. And yeah. And he was just, like, busy. But she was, like... Too blessed to be stressed about it. Yeah. Unlike Gwen, who got fixated on it. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think she got annoyed. That too. But, uh, we got sidetracked. Yeah. Uh, recommendations. Uh, other than Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane. <laughs> Just if you want to experience something completely different. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, we mentioned a few things. Obviously, the Dark Knight Returns comic book uh, mm-hmm. and probably the sequels, if you like that. Uh, for mm-hmm. sure, RoboCop. Um, definitely the the graphic novel version of of RoboCop that's based off of Frank Miller's original script is, yeah. is a pretty cool read. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want more Peter Weller, check out Star Trek Into the Darkness. Into Darkness. <laughs> And the RoboCop films. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and maybe the RoboCop TV show. <laughs> yeah, I liked that TV show, but I haven't I haven't revisited it since childhood. We, we've talked about it. The only thing I remember is him playing chess with an old guy. Yeah, and the only thing I remembered is that episode Roddy Roddy Piper had, a, had like a character in where he's like a superhero. Or Vigilante, or both. Yeah. Um, I mean, Unforgiven, for sure. Um, that's kind of... Logan, for sure. Mm-hmm. All of those last ride stories. Yeah, one last ride, old guy. Um, while we're on that subject, I, I want everyone to check out The Mule. Came out last year. Mm-hmm. Clint Eastwood directed it. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Oh, I think uh, I heard about that. I've been meaning yeah. to check it out. It's fucking amazing. It's it's definitely. It's almost like Clint was playing a joke on people. Mm. Like it's the poster makes it look like it's like Unforgiven, but in the present day or some shit. But it's hella not. Yeah, no, he, I listened to a review yeah. of it, and he's like, he's like a flower guy or some shit. Yeah, he's, he sells flowers, and he's hella bumbling, and actually, it's just a really cute performance from Clint Eastwood, mm-hmm. which is, I'm sure there's more cute performances from him out there, but this was my first, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a super cute movie, I loved it. Uh <laughs> Let's see what else. I had something there, but 
Birdman. Fuck. Mm-hmm. There's a, you want to see Michael Keaton as what he could be really in this if it were live action. Check out Birdman. Have you mm-hmm. seen Birdman? I still haven't seen it yet. Mm, I saw that shit three times in the theater. Dang. Yeah, I did that. That was a really good year for movies. I saw that three times, and I saw Fury Road three times in theater. Mm. Yeah, Fury Road is good. Yeah. Yeah, I want to say that, like, uh, I mentioned earlier that there's a lot of Clockwork Orange in The Mutants. Mm. So yeah. if you're kind of interested in seeing a story about, I guess, like, if you want to look at, think of it as, like, a what-if story starring the mutants, then check mm-hmm. out Clockwork Orange or read the novel, or both. Yeah. I did both. It was an interesting mm. experience. Mm. How was the novel? I've never read it. Um, It's a lot darker. Mm. Like, way darker, really actually. But, um... I want to say it actually has more heart to it than the not, than the than the movie. I mean, mm. that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I might read that someday if I'm ever in the mood. I definitely say if you experience one, it's if you experience one and enjoy it or just appreciate the ride, it's worth it to check out the other. Mm. Um. Let me see if I can think of anything outside of what you mentioned already. So we mentioned a lot of the last ride stuff. Um, I kind of want to recommend Killing Joke just as like... Uh, I don't exactly want to explain why, but uh, other than... Mm. Other than, um, you know, it's another very dark sort of Elseworld yeah. type uh, story involving Batman so yeah. like it's one of the benefits Batman story. yeah and one of the benefits of stories like these is that you can kind of explore take the character and explore things you wouldn't normally be able to do in the kind of uh, static uh, yeah. nature of comic books in these these characters yeah. so I mean really just 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 if you ever decide to get that um, that DC streaming thing, just just go to town on the DC animated because they've got far more far more hits than misses. Yeah, their animated catalog is amazing. Yeah, I'm just piggybacking off of Killing Joke. Um, we mentioned already the Dark Knight. Christopher Nolan film Uh, but that if you enjoyed seeing the relationship between Batman and the Joker in this then Mm -hmm. obviously I'm sure everyone has already seen this but it's worth a rewatch or that's more of a recommendation like if you haven't seen that movie in a while Mm -hmm. watch it again for me at least it gets better every single time I watch it Mm -hmm. like it's just it's so dense and there's so much like every scene is just tied to character. Mm-hmm. It's just brilliant. It's such a good script. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe play The Last of Us. It's definitely like a grisly old guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. With a with a young kid with him. I don't know. It's dad fiction. <laughs> yeah. 
Sure. Um, I think that's all I can think of in regards to recommendations. Um, anything you got to say to the audience before my podcast goes into retirement and I turn catatonic? <laughs> and I disappear for 10 years? <laughs> um, at least my public persona disappears for 10 years. <laughs> Or my hidden persona. I don't know. Mm. Um, no. <laughs> uh, wait, I thought of something earlier. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Mall violence, film at 11. Mall violence. Yeah. <laughs> So, what did I think of the two Batman movies? Hmm. First off, I would like to say, <laughs> DC, why are your animated movies simply amazing, and yet your live-action superhero movies are just utter trash? Okay, that's not true. The Justice League was actually pretty good, and a few other ones, but it just seems you guys are just top-notch from a animation standpoint, from a storytelling standpoint, from just from every different <laughs> point, you guys are just spot on when it comes to, to making your animated movies versus your live action. Anyway, back to the Batman movies. Um, I thought they were fantastic. They, uh, th this version of Batman, I absolutely loved. He reminded me very much of the older version of Batman in Batman Beyond. I would love so much if this was actually an animated series instead of a um, two-hour movie. Because it's just, there's just, it seems as Batman got older, he, the stories around him just got much more creative. Now, to really just start dive into it, with the first movie which I believe was more focused on um, Two-Face and the mutants, that was really good. I mean, I, I enjoyed all the characters. I, I, I really love when they do kind of future versions of all the characters that we know and love, um, kind of see how they interact with each other, um, maybe see how maybe their kids are and how they interact with Batman and, and so on and... Yeah, it was just really good. I, I was it just every moment was very enjoyable, intense in many scenes. I liked this version of Robin, although she didn't seem as deep character-wise as all the other Robins. Uh, excuse me, other Robins. She seemed very straightforward, and she just seemed to idolize Batman, and just was it in the right situation at the right time to um, to help him, and she just he just took her on. So that was fine, I guess. Not my favorite Robin, not by far, but she's she played her part well. It was neat to see a female Robin, considering all the other Robins, I believe, are have been all the male. Uh, so, kind of moving on from there, the mutants, they were pretty cool. Um, a, a very different group of villains for Batman to encounter and deal with. I like that it wasn't just one person, it was kind of a whole group of people he had to fight against and the way he approached all of it was just 
Oh, it was great. His character in general, he, he just seems so just war-hardened and just so, like, gritty and not really caring anymore. And he's just, he, it's not like he's given up or anything, but he's, he, he doesn't want, he, he just, <laughs> he's not giving second chances anymore. He's beyond that point. And to kind of see him and the way he acts now when it comes to, to criminals is just, oh, it's great. Now, to move on to the second one, I actually like the second one way more than the first. I loved how it was Joker, how he came back, and how he finally ended up killing him. Uh, well, he didn't really kill him. Joker ended up snapping his own neck and killing himself. That, I thought, was a great opening to the second part. I guess well, it was the first arc, really. That was just simply amazing. I really thoroughly enjoyed that. I like that version of... Uh, Joker a lot. I noticed that everyone was very beefy looking too. <laughs> a lot more muscular. Broad shoulders and such. And then I really enjoyed the final part of it all when he was going against Superman and how he had been planning for over 10 years without the best way to take him down. That was just great. Um, I like how Superman now works for I guess the government and, and as Batman had pointed out He's just basically, we didn't say it, but he's basically just a puppet. He's a puppet of the government doing whatever they say. He's, yeah, so that was an interesting change. And what I thought was kind of weird, too, was when he was taking down that missile and he started, like, just sucking the life out of all the, the plant life around him. I don't know if that was maybe a new power he discovered over all his time being alive, or I don't know what was going on there, but that kind of, it almost made him seem kind of evil, and just, I don't know, man, that was a little freaky seeing that, and the final fight scene between Batman and Superman was just great, I love that no matter what, Superman still, was <laughs> still a goody two-shoes, and still a nice guy, even though all the stuff Batman was doing doing to him, like electrocuting him, and and all that other stuff. So that was a really fantastic fight. Much much more enjoyable than the Batman versus Superman live action fight. That one was just, yeah, come on. This one was like well thought out. I like how he had planned different stages. The armored suit he was wearing was amazing. That, oh man, that was so cool. Um, and, I, and I really liked how it ended. I didn't like seeing Alfred die. That was a little sad. And what made me even more sad is at the very end when you find that Bruce is still alive and he's basically... <clears throat> excuse me, basically re creating his own army to secretly help from the shadows, help like Gotham be safe. He didn't even bring up Alfred or anything. I mean, Alfred cared for him so much, and I don't know. That just seems a little uh, like he should have given a bit more about his, his best friend. I don't know. That just seemed kind of weird. But overall, um, I liked how it ended. I liked how he now he's kind of retired, and now he's... Spreading what he knows, his knowledge, his teachings, and all that stuff to a whole new group of people. Essentially, making his own secret army, which is just crazy. I would love to see how it goes from there. That would have been really interesting. I don't know if they made any more comics with the after parts, but um, yeah. So yeah, overall, between the two, like I said, I think my the second one was my favorite. But overall, just oh man, it was, this was fantastic. It was a great great movie, and I think it came out in 2012 and 2013, it was either 2011 and 2013, I don't remember, but um, the movies that came out, the animated DC movies that came out since then, 
I don't know, man. It just it didn't. They've been good, like the Justice League movies and some of the the newer Batman movies, but not as good as this. This was really good. It had that um, Batman the animated cartoon type of feel to it. Excuse me, animated series. That was the best Batman series ever made, and it kind of had that feel. The only thing I did not like, like I was not digging the voice acting. I was not. Excuse me, not the voice acting. The voice acting was fine. The voices themselves, not into it at all. Did not like the Batman voice. I mean, with Wayne in his older age and Batman Beyond, they used, uh, I always forget his name, but yeah, he, you know, the, the guy who played it in the uh, animated series, he played it as old Batman as well. I really wish they would have gotten it for this. Same with Joker and all the, uh, a lot of the other um, characters. It would have been nice to hear the classic voices there, but um, the acting was spot on. Still really great. So yeah, that's uh, my take on it. I really enjoyed it. And, um, yeah, it sucks that I could not be on the show, but uh, hopefully uh, you guys liked it as well. Um, so yeah, until next time, I guess, this is Joe, saying goodbye. I bet, man. Okay, that's opening and closing theme is Synthetic Highway. Please check out its creator, Submorphine, at soundcloud.com slash submorphine. should be The preview theme slash promo theme is Anime Rocket. Please check out its creator at facebook.com slash squarion, S-Q-U-A-R-I-O-N. Also check out Squarion's The Flash Project, Project Stick, at facebook.com slash project stick. For old episodes and new episodes as they come out, please subscribe to us on soundcloud.com slash radio. You can also subscribe to us on Facebook at facebook.com slash radio, on Twitter at radio, or through Android, iTunes, or Google Play. If you want to talk to the hosts individually, I'm on Twitter at Connect. Joe is on Twitter at... MAGP returns and Mike is on Twitter at Hyper90s. It's funny, like the the what I thought this episode was gonna be changed drastically when uh Joe didn't show up. I was Ooh. like half expecting there for the for there to be a lot of crosstalk between you and Joe so I could just like hang out in the cut and throw out all, like, the weird terminology the mutants were using. <laughs> and that didn't happen. Yeah. I'm sure Joe liked it. Yeah. Well, he said he wanted to record his feelings on it and have it, like, uh, put somewhere in the show. I'll figure out yeah. where when I edit. Put it in my butt. I don't know how to put sound in someone's butt. There, you can cut that fart sound into his opinions. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to do that to him. <laughs> but no guarantee.